your job is to continue showing up, communicating the value and presenting why it's urgent for them to work with you, but also have the patience to know that not everyone is going to be on your timeline. You're listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience, a podcast dedicated to helping executives train their sales and marketing teams to optimize growth. Whether you're looking for techniques and strategies or tools and resources, you've come to the right place. Let's accelerate your growth in three, two, one. Welcome everyone to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. I'm your host, Chad Sanderson. Today, we're talking about how service-based clients can leverage podcast interviews to find clients. Everybody's looking for more leads these days. This is a great way to do it as well as building a personal brand. We've talked about personal brand and podcasts in the past, yet today what I hope to do is to combine this into the actionable tips for the audience to help us. We are blessed to have Jessica Rhodes, founder and co-owner of Interview Connections. Jessica, thank you for taking the time and welcome to the show. Chad, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. All right. So before we jump in, we always like to ask a little random question for people to get to know you a little bit better. So what is one thing, people that know you, you know, largely through work, what's one thing you're passionate about that those who only know you through work may be surprised to learn about you? Well, I think that would be that I'm, I'm very passionate about helping kids in the foster care system. It was honestly a passion that I just discovered within the past couple of years and discovered a way that I can really help by being a mentor to those, um, to a child in foster care. So that's something that I've really um, become very passionate about that doesn't really come up in work conversations. That's awesome. That is amazing. Congratulations. And thank you for that. It's, it's one, that's one of the uh, most uh, touching ones I've heard. <laughs> so thank you for that. Basically, my whole life is work, so I had to dig for something. <laughs> right, right. All right. So let's let's talk about work. Let's talk about your role mm-hmm. at Interview Connections and, and what you guys do over there. Yeah. So we, I mean, as you mentioned in the intro, we're the first and leading podcast booking agency. I started the company in 2013 because there were no, there was nobody booking podcast interviews. It just wasn't a service that was being provided. And I had been doing it as a virtual assistant for some business coach clients that I had at the time. And as I was reaching out to podcast hosts to pitch my clients as guests or to, you know, get guests on my client show, every interaction I had was so positive and so like delighted. They're like, wait a second, who are you? This is something you do. And it was just, it's just so funny to think back seven years ago when that was the response, because now hosts are like, I've got 30 emails a day with pitches. And back then it was like, this is so cool. So I started the business, um, really out of first, I like doing it. It was really fun to be a connector and a matchmaker and bring people together. And there was an opportunity, right? There was a need in the marketplace that wasn't being fulfilled. Excellent. And so podcasting, you're right. Seven years ago, not a lot of people. I mean, we've been doing this one three years. And even in the last three years, it's, it's this landscape has just changed, right? You got everything from Joe Rogan, who everybody sees and hears about to the local hobbyist on the corner. What is it about this that makes it such an effective medium for service-based individuals to be able to, you know, build a brand, get their name out there and attract clients? Yeah. I mean, what makes it so effective is that it's based in human relationships and connection. And, you know, from the, from the dawn of time, all of history, (laughs) like businesses are started, created, and they're grown few through relationships. That is what it's all based in. And when you do podcast interviews, you attract really qualified leads 
from people hearing you on a podcast, hearing you have a conversation by you having conversations. A lot of our clients say that the host of the show wants to be their client or refer business to them. And it's, it's not because there's some complicated algorithm and strategy. It's really like you showed up, you provided value, you had a conversation, you allowed people to get to know your personality and who you are and why you know what you know. And then the people that you're talking to, obviously you want to go on shows that are targeting your, your ideal client. But when you do that, it's very, it's a very simple way to attract qualified leads because it's just you being you, you showing up and providing value and you investing in relationships. Yeah. And I, and I haven't seen any stats lately, but curious if, if you have any on kind of how effective is, you know, being on the podcast circuit in terms of attracting new customers. I mean, as a podcast host, you're, you're right. I'm getting probably 15 emails, 20 emails a week about, Hey, you should have this person on, you should have this person on. Some of them obviously do not know what the show is about, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is annoying as hell, but I'm curious, <laughs> curious how, you know, have we seen stats or in terms of ROI or the effectiveness or a story that you could share with the audience? Well, we spend a lot of time gathering case studies and testimonials that are rooted in the results that our clients see from being a podcast guest, because that's, you know, that's what everyone wants to know. Like, how effective is this, you know? And I mean, our, our list of, of results is, is ever growing. I mean, we have clients like our, our client, Mark Willis is a certified financial planner. And I interviewed him in our um, Facebook group, Guest Expert Profit Lab. He shared that he, in the last 18 months working with us, getting on shows, he's generated 260 $6,000 in sales from people that heard him on a podcast, reached out, scheduled a consultation and ended up becoming a client of his firm. And it's like, that's just one example. Our client, Jack and Michelle Bosch, they've also had a six figure return with people hearing them on a podcast, buying their course, upgrading to coaching, buying their software, you know, because the the podcast interview, if you, you know, everyone has to remember, this is the first off to the first touch point. So it's not always that people hear you on a podcast and they immediately invest in your $10,000 program, but they hear you on a podcast. They join your email list. They start getting nurtured by you. Oh, then they hear you on another podcast. So then they think, okay, maybe I'll join their Facebook group or maybe they'll buy their book. So when you go out on shows consistently, you keep showing up, you keep delivering value. You're building your social proof and your credibility because people now see that you're in demand and that you're consistently showing up. And people then, they feel trust there because they're like, well, you know, if he or she is just continually showing up, then they must be leading. They must be growing. I mean, people say it to me all the time, like, wow, because we show up constantly on social media and on podcasts and that like we don't post our PL report, but because people see that we're out there and that we're being consistent with our marketing, they perceive that to be they're doing well, which means I want to be aligned with them. I want to work with them because they're going to help me do well. So it's, it's honestly kind of psychological. You want to communicate your success and your value so people want to work with you. I love it. I love it. And if somebody's thinking about jumping into this, I mean, it can be a little, you know, it can be a little odd. I had uh, an executive on who I had seen present in person to like 1500 people and just wow the audience, but I had them come on and they were nervous. They were like extremely nervous to the point where she needed to take a three minute break before we started recording to go do two shots of Jack Daniels, which is <laughs> fine. You know, I'm, I'm not judging. Uh, I did two as well. Just figured keep it even. But if, if somebody's jumping into it, what are the top three things they should make sure they do to be successful? So for 
so there, my tips are going to be a little different based on the fact that someone might be nervous. So my, my tips for people that might be nervous or just getting started, I'm going to start there. Uh, practice. <laughs> Our client, Chris Parker, is um, the founder of whatismyipaddress.com, a small website you might have heard of. We've probably all been to it at least once. And so when he started working with us to get interviewed on podcasts, he really, you know, he sells um, like advertisements on his website. So he's not selling into like a high-end coaching program or agency service. So for him, he was really really wanting to build his confidence and clarify his message and all of that. And so when he created his suggested topics and questions, which that's one of my tips is have suggested topics and questions. So you can at least be really well versed in what you want to speak about, you know, know what those are and then practice. Like if you are nervous to be interviewed, you know, write down your topics and questions, hand it to your significant other or your kids, if they're grown and, and say, ask me these questions and literally practice. And it can also be really helpful to write out your answers. Not that you're going to memorize them and then re like memorize them and then recite them as like a monologue on a podcast, <laughs> but it does really help. We've done a speaker training with our client, Jacqueline Nagel, who's amazing. And she does teach that if you're writing a keynote, write it out word for word so that you can really, really get what the material is about. So those are a couple of tips. So write your topics and questions. So that way, when you're interviewed on a podcast, you can give them to the host. And then at least a lot of the questions are probably going to be what you're familiar with. And then practice, practice with a, with a family member, go on some smaller shows. My first interview that I ever did was on a very small, like blog talk radio show back in like 2013. I was so nervous. I was like, <laughs> sweating probably because I was July and I didn't have air conditioning at the time, but like, I, it was just, Oh my God, I was so nervous. But I look back and I'm like, I don't think many people listen to that. So it's, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't right. go for the biggest show if you're right nervous. out of the gate. Like, right. <laughs> put your training wheels on. You know, it's okay if you have a seven figure successful business, you're an executive. If you're nervous to be interviewed, go on a small show. Like, right. Get, get some practice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And so then the flip side, what, what should they avoid? What are common mistakes you see people make a lot? Oh my gosh. It's instant gratification. If you like and thrive on instant gratification and you get frustrated, if you don't see immediate results, this is a strategy you may want to steer clear from or have a breakthrough in patience because, <laughs> <laughs> because this is not a strategy where you're going to see immediate results. Now, sometimes lightning strikes and you get a huge ROI, like your first couple of interviews, or you meet someone on your first interview and that leads to some huge thing. Like one of our clients, you know, he met somebody through our community that became an investor in his product. And it's like, wow, okay, there's your ROI very quickly, but that doesn't always happen, right? So you want to know that this is a long-term strategy. Podcasting, both as a guest and a host, is a slow burn, and it takes time for people to really get to know you. And also remember that buyers buy when they're ready to buy. <laughs> we would like for all of our leads to be ready to buy when we want their sale, but that's not always the case. <laughs> um, you know, people have a lot going on. Everyone has different timelines. Everyone has different cash flow. And so your job is to continue showing up, communicating the value and presenting why it's urgent for them to work with you but also have the patience to know that not everyone is going to be on your timeline. So you have to be consistent and keep showing up. Yeah, absolutely. One of the first and best pieces of advice I got when we started this podcast, like two and a half, three years ago, whatever it was, was don't look at the downloads. Don't look at the numbers. Yeah, I would agree with that. Because you're going to just think to yourself, what in the world? What's interesting is, you know, over time, that first episode we did two and a half, three years ago is, is, 
we're in the top five of the most downloaded, but that's because we keep continually recycling the content, right? Mm-hmm. And and so we're not, don't go, I would agree 100%, don't go overboard with the tracking, but let's talk mm-hmm. about the tracking for a second. Yeah. How do you, how do you do it? How would you recommend individuals track? You know, I mean, I'm to the point where I don't know that I could list all of the ones I've been on mm-hmm. uh, or, and I sure can't list all of the guests that we've had, uh, we've been yeah. lucky enough to have. So how do you recommend people do track it in a way that isn't going to kick that, holy crap, nobody's downloading my stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, keep them from getting, <laughs> locking themselves in a, in a paralysis analysis situation. Yeah. So I do think it is really helpful to track your numbers. Like my client, Mark, who I mentioned before, he could tell me exactly how many inquiries they had, how many calls, how many converted. Like he could probably even tell me what shows they came from. I personally do not track to that level of detail. <laughs> Maybe I should, but <laughs> my recommendation is, you know, know what your call to action is. So that is very, very important. If you're going to track your leads and track the results, you de- you do need to tell listeners a very specific action to take so that they're not just coming to you. Because if you just say like, oh, here's my website, you can also follow me on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn, you're going to be getting leads from every which way and there's no way to track them all. So it's like, you want to put them all into one funnel <laughs> so you can track who's coming in and um, have a way that you can know where they came from. So, you know, for me, when I have somebody schedule a sales consultation on my booking form, I do ask, how did you hear about us? Is there anyone I can thank for recommending us? And, um, you know, if it's, oh, I heard you on a podcast, I'm always asking, whose podcast did you hear me on? Right. And it's, and, and I will say that, and don't micromanage each individual podcast. Again, that is a recipe for frustration when you say, oh, well, I'm getting a lot of results from these types of shows, but I never got a result from this podcast. So that podcast isn't good. Like they all work together. Some people will hear you on five shows before they end up wanting to work with you, but they'll, they'll, they'll be like, I don't even know how I heard about you. <laughs> they, they won't remember. So try not to micromanage each individual show and know that it's a very holistic strategy. I love it. All right. So let's change direction here a little bit. We ask all of our guests two standard questions towards the end of each interview. The first is simply as a founder, as a business owner, you're a prospect for a lot of sales professionals out there. You're probably getting a lot of outreach to you. And I'm always curious to understand if somebody doesn't have a trusted connection or referral into you, what works with you to capture your attention and earn the right to get some time on your calendar? Oh, like somebody that wants me to be their client. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So I mean, what I would say is I have to have a pain point that could be solved by what you have. So I'll just give you an example. We've had on our mind for a while, we want to grow our Instagram following. We run Facebook ads and Instagram ads, and we get some really good leads on Instagram, but we don't have a big following on Instagram. So I've always got my mind out for how can I get my Instagram following up? And somebody posted about, hey, they just said like, hey, I just grew my Instagram following by 10,000, got 20,000 in sales. Let me know if you want more information. And I was like, please DM me more information (laughs) because I had been thinking about solving that problem and it hasn't been high up on my list, but it's again, that's one of those buyers buy when they're ready to buy thing. Like, because it's been on my mind, somebody that presents that or solicits that information to me, I'm more receptive to it. But if I, I, if you went to my business partner, she probably wouldn't care as much. Cause she's like, uh, I don't really see the need. So it's like, you gotta, <laughs> you also gotta go to the, like the person that, that has more interest in it or sees the need. So it, it is kind of, it speaks, it goes back to being consistent because 
you do have to be showing up when the person actually needs what you have. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You need to know, you need to be able to connect to a problem that, that you can help solve when they're thinking about solving it. Yeah. And I would also, I also want to add, because we do get a fair number of prospect emails from people that could help us with our SEO and help us with our web presence and all this stuff. And I delete them. I don't even respond to them because it's like, I don't want to be sold to. So go out into the marketplace with value, you know, go into the marketplace (laughs) with engagement. I don't want to get on a consultation with someone I've never met before that just sent me a cold email. Like the fact that that guy posted about his experience, the results he's achieved, and then invited people to DM him for more information. Like I was, I was like, yes, DM me. I was raising my hand, but if he had just emailed me saying, Hey, do you want to learn how to get more Instagram followers? I'd be like, go away. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody wakes up in the morning and wants to be sold to. (laughs) It's just not the way it happens. We all wake up thinking about problems we're going to solve. All right. So last question, call it our acceleration insight. There's one thing you could tell sales, marketing, and professional services people, one piece of advice you would give them that you believe would help them hit their targets or, or exceed their targets. What would it be and why? Talk less. (laughs) (laughs) Talking too much is a killer. I think sales professionals, and I I am one, I do a lot of sales calls for my company. The more you talk, the less you close. If you attract the right leads and answer their questions, you will get the sale. So like, honestly, that's my biggest tip is just to talk a lot less and listen. I do a lot of meditation. And one of the meditations I heard this morning was the greatest gift you can give someone is to listen to them. So give them a gift of listening to them. Absolutely. I love it. Uh, I love it. That's going to be the quote. So like we turn quotes that you say into graphics for the podcast. Oh, nice. That right there is going to be one of the quotes. <laughs> Amazing. I love it. I love it. All right. So Jessica, if a listener's interested in learning more about interview connections or speaking with you more, where should we send them? So we have a free Facebook group called Guest Expert Profit Lab. And it's for entrepreneurs who have a business doing over six figures in revenue. And you can find it by going to interviewconnections.com slash group. Okay. I'm writing that down for myself even. Okay. Yeah, I'd love to have you in the group, Chad. <laughs> All right, Jessica, I can't thank you enough for taking time. It's been great having you on the show today. Thanks, Chad. All right, everybody that does it for this episode, you know the drill. Hit the website, share it out. Leave us a review. Until next time, we at Value Selling Associates wish you all nothing but the greatest success. You've been listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.